you know, sometimes you need a, you literally need a song to fill in in the set so that your set is not so short. And then you don't realize, oh, wait a minute, it actually kind of smacks. People actually like this, so you keep on playing yeah, it. For example, one time we, we was in this club in, uh, in the Bronx, I think, and we never practiced that song, but I think it was Frankie. He started with uh, Smell Like Smell Like Teen Spirit. What yeah. Like, like in the middle of the show, we never practiced that. Yeah, we never practiced and, it, and the audience was going and, crazy because Frankie played it. everybody got surprised because I started with... And all the band and, and it was like in a magical moment because the entire crowd was like jumping and singing. I was like, all and this right. is an uptown, fully Dominican crowd. We're playing Smell Like Teen Spirit. We did not expect And then we went into merengue at the end of it. So oh, I don't know how that happened, yeah. but it just, it just Marco happened. called it out. Marco called it out. I remember that. Let's go. Let's go. First time exclusively from my end. We tried to do this once before, but you know, uh, this fell out. <laughs> but more importantly, now we got the main nucleus, the, the the embryo per se, where the whole operation birthed from, as far as Afro Dominicano, of all things is concerned. Down the line, in order, as far as who's immediately to my left is we got Marco, we got Cito next to him, and of course the head of the whole operation. You got Nano, which I was misnaming Nando for the longest time because I thought you were Fernando for some reason. <laughs> that was misinformation of mine. I thought Ao said that at first. My memory ain't so great, so then I got Nando from Nano. But yeah, something spectacular. We did try this previously before on the Mighty Healthy Podcast. Uh, Shout-outs to Hefe, as always, my uh, cohort in that whole operation, that scheme. But more importantly now, we had to do justice and give Afro the spotlight as far as what they're doing and everything they did as far as coming together. It's kind of like a... I don't even know how to describe it because they're Afro by roots. They're Dominicano by race, I guess, if you want to go with that terminology. You know, it's not appropriate for these times properly, but... Either way, they identify as such. That's the name of the band. They got no choice at this point. <laughs> this ain't the whole operation. You know, we're uh, missing, what, I guess four, per se? Yeah, exactly four. Actually. We're short four. There's uh, Kelvin, there's uh, Rafi, Jose, and... Frankie. Frank. Oh, right. The, oh, yeah, the pain, of course, at the end. Yeah. So that's where he always tries to fit in, at least, the pain. We got, of course, the essential core. The ones that, I guess, probably stand out the most because they all play their perspective parts in the band. Instrument-wise, I'm not a musician. I aspire to be, you know, by the time I turn 50, I hope. But these guys are already talented as fuck. I'll add to that. I'm a fan. That's why, you know, I wear the hat proudly. I've been wearing it every day. It's a cool ass hat, by the way. And thank you again, Nano, for that. You're welcome, brother. Thank you for everything you've done for us as well so far. Thank you, bro. No, and I can't thank you guys enough, you know, 
putting me on to what you're doing because it's Afro and it's Dominicano. There is that, I guess, maybe not stereotype, but maybe you can say that too. I guess you guys can define that better. Even you, Marco, you can add in with that too. As far as the stigma of Dominicans per se, not admitting or owning up to their African roots, which is obvious because, of course, I know from personal experience, growing up in New York, as we all did here too, mostly you guys, Brooklyn, I'm in Queens, you know, Queens got the money, they're in the White House too, that's proof enough. But unfortunately, Cito's but, from Queens too. Yep, Queens and Oh, I forgot, Cito, you are you are <laughs> right. one of the core elements Born of Queens. Raised. Born and raised, exactly. So Queens, th- there is that stigma of, or at least there's that you know Sorry, thing that's associated with <laughs> with Dominicans. They won't acknowledge or own up to their African roots. You know, there's a whole color spectrum as far as the beauty and the color of Dominican culture. You got. As light as Marco, which he could pass at this point now, too. We'll get more into how he associates with the group himself. To as dark as, I don't know, one of the speaker boxes I'm looking at right now. <laughs> it, it plays Watch. that broad a rainbow. It's it's all colors involved. And you'd be fooled by who you'd be surprised as Dominican at this point, popular or not. But as a fan, I need to be responsible enough to put everyone else who's listening right now to Afro-Dominicano. So I like to start with the very beginning of it all. I know Nano is the head of the whole thing. So, Nano, how did you even come up with Afro-Dominicano? Did it start with you? Speak your piece, brother. So, before it was, like, the concept, there wasn't a name. Like, we all just appreciate different type of, like, genre of music, and we all come from different genres and schools of music. Um, I I remember doing like a spiritual trip to the Dominican Republic around 2015, and um, I started. I already had been questioning everything that like that we had been taught while I lived in the country and like like through my parents, and then I was like, like we we're negating like where we came from and our roots for no fucking reason just because we don't want to be associated with black. So that's where Afro Dominicana was born. The name. It was like, fuck it, this is what we're going to do, this is who we are, and we don't care. And we know who we are, where we came from, and we're not going to be whitewashed by other beliefs. And then when we started making around, we started working on our music, we all just brought a different perspective. Like, we got jazz, and we got rock from Frankie, we got like jazz from from Marco, we got bachata from Ciro and Merengue de Orquesta, old school. Then we had Merengue Tipico from, by Rafi and Jose... In the in the Latin percussion, and then all that just we just put in a, in a, like in a pot, and we just started working seriously, and we just like started discovering ourselves while we were working on the music, and um, so for the very beginning, it wasn't like just focusing on certain rhythms. It's just like where can we take the music to a different direction into like something that we believe in and that we like will die for what we believe. So it's like, (laughs) for our music wise, I will say that like, it's like, I wrote songs that we, that I wrote lyrically, but the music is a conjunction of all of our ideas. And I would definitely say that we all satisfy with what came out. So yeah, that's how it started three years ago. You did a good job, bro. Okay, so it stemmed, I guess, from your brain as far as, like, how you described what you wanted to do, not have necessarily the stigma of being Dominican versus African. You wanted to just incorporate and infuse the two together. Yeah. And make it work like that. 
you went above and beyond though with Afro Dominicano as far as what I've seen and obviously heard with everybody's, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm still kind of tipsy, I'm sorry. Everyone's infusion, I guess, for now at least, we'll use that word, of what they bring to the table as far as the group's concerned because you're obviously the lead singer. But you also play, forgive me, I don't know the name of the instrument, el accordion. El accordion. I'm right. an accordionist as well, by trade. And that's my first and only instrument thus far. I picked up the guitar this, like, quarantine. So I'm dabbling, but I ain't a master like hmm. I dabble, like I mastered the accordion so far. I mean, well, we might as well run it down the line since we only got, again, three of the, I guess, seven of you guys in yeah. total. Yeah. Because as far as I've been told by A.O., shout out to him always, of course. You guys are the nucleus, the guys, the, the whole thing where it sprung from, per se. Because I know Cito, right next to Nano right there in the yellow, he's done his thing. He's been around. He's experienced. He's a vet at this point, too. You play, if I'm not mistaken, the bass guitar. Yes. Okay, so tell us, elaborate on that. How'd you even get into the bass guitar in the first place? How'd you pick that up? Uh, long time ago, many moons ago. Uh, playing in church as a little kid, just literally like the first time I picked up the bass, I started playing. I was playing a little bit of guitar before that, and merengue has always been something that's just always called to me. Like it's just the minute I started playing bass, the first thing I started playing was merengue. So that's like something that I learned growing up, learning my instrument, learning merengue, and then playing it all the time in church and, and different stuff, and then and then actually starting to do little gigs, you know, like 16 years old, playing in clubs you're not supposed to be in. Um, that's when bachata started really hitting in the streets. So I learned, you know, I had a love for bachata, but not as much as my love for merengue, but it was the music that was playing in the streets. So it's something I had to learn. Um, played mad years of bachata, just like a whole bunch of years. But merengue was still that, that love that I wanted to do something with. Uh, stepped away from music for a while, came back to the scene, and merengue tipico was the dominant, or was starting to become the dominant, you know, genre for gigging musicians in, in Dominican culture. Hmm. So started playing that, getting into that, but uh, you know, Afro Dominicano for me came out as a, uh, for me as a need to do something different with merengue because all these other bands are doing a lot of the same things and. You know, it's not their fault. It's it's more of the genre because people within the genre want to hear the same old songs just done different ways from different bands or whatever. Right. So, you know, no problem with that. But I think there's room for an expansion for, for other other rhythms, other venues for us to play at, you know. So we're trying to expand that sense of, of what merengue is, push boundaries, of, you know. And not just merengue, too. We play a bunch of other stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, the the great thing about Afro Dominicano is that they're they're not sticking to just, you know, the same old merengue. I mean, let alone with the name, that's a good start because you're infusing two different things, as surprisingly as that may come to Dominicans or Africans too. You're bringing two things together that might not necessarily mesh. Yeah, you're doing yeah. covers, and I, and I and I think that's um, that's uh, which I was going to tell you, but. I, I think it's a result of, what, from what you were telling me the other day, it's a result of the other member of the band, which is New York City. 
Mm -hmm. Think about, we're all in New York, we're all New York natives for the most part, so this guy right here, but (laughs) he's a New York native now, you know what I mean? Business owner here now and everything, so it's like he's the whole package. So it's like the effect that the places that we've come from and where we are now have affected the music. Because growing up, for me, growing up as a kid, yeah, I, I love my merengue and my bachata. But when I was around school and stuff, all I heard was hip hop. And then my neighborhood is is, is West Indian, so all I'm hearing is old school dance hall reggae. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that whole melding part of everything really is what what forms, at least for me, my influences in the band. You know, it's like, diverse, very diverse, all types of stuff. Band time. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, still touching on Cito. Pause. Um, as far as the bass guitar that you bring to the band, that's something new that I, at least I've never heard in merengue, period. So that's your contribution to the band itself and mm-hmm. to the sound too, adding to it. Yep, yep. It, was that something that Nano thought of you bringing in or did you just come up with that and, like organically? How did that even come to be with the band? Um, I mean, he brought me in, he told me, yo, come through, let's, let's, let's work on some stuff. And then from, from, I mean, we tried to do stuff from a while back. As a matter of fact, when I, I had stepped out of music for a while and I came back on the scene and one of the first things, practices that I ever did coming back from years of not playing was with him. We were in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. In that studio. Rivington. Rivington Studios. Yeah. I don't know how you got my number. I just, <laughs> some dude calling me. I'm like, yo, what up? He's like, all right. Hey, all right. I'll go. Let's go. Yeah, so it was just like. I'm going to say it's organically because, I, I mean, the way I play, you know, I've uh, my main focus has been merengue and bachata, and now it's been the typical. So I'll, I'll bring I'll bring a little bit of a little bit of each. I try to at least. But as far as being a bass guitar player, because I know now, courtesy of the pain and seeing other guitar players in general too, there's the bass guitar, there's the rhythm guitar, and then there's, I guess, guitar guitar, or mm-hmm. how does that work? Yeah, the lead guitar, rhythm <clears throat> guitar, bass guitar. The, what I do is I have to hold down the low end. Okay. You know, I shouldn't... Uh, I'm with giving giving the, the holding down the low end along with Marco. You know, he's 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 the drummer. As a drummer, he's got the low end, but then I'm right, I'm right here, right behind him. Okay. So playing off each other pretty much. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also want to say that the bass guitar... Existed in merengue like, ex- oh, yeah. like, yeah. A- like uh, after traditional merengue, which used to be played like with a marimba, which is like a basically like a a box with like just like four notes, not even like complete. Scale, like yeah. you couldn't even hit every single note. That was the first bass you may call it for merengue typical. But afterwards, when merengue were, was became sophisticated in the Dominican Republic during the Trujillo days the bass guitar was one of the main instruments that was used. So oh. the, bass, the bass always been part of, mm-hmm. of merengue and like in Dominican music, it always played that that large and it always been played in the, the to hold down the low ends mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. That's news to me because as far, I mean, of course, I'm not in the culture like that, but as far as the, the merengue I've heard or maybe I'm guilty <clears throat> just hearing the popular merengue, the, the, the hits per se, I couldn't at least pick up on the bass guitar at all in any of those songs. So it's always been there, but just maybe not so fully implemented like you guys do, per se. Or Yeah, in a sense, because a lot, a lot of the older stuff is just simple, you know, four by four, just hitting on the beat. So it doesn't mm. really stand out. It's more just holding everything in, in place. Okay. You know? This bass is more de- decoratively played in the music that we play. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's there, it's existed, but yeah. Afro-Dominicano is a perfect example of actually it being infused, actually being used, and actually, you know, you get your solo... Well, using it in other ways. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. You know, because there's all the bass players that play in all these other, like, top typical bands, let's say, they're do freaking amazing jobs you know those oh. guys those guys are doing crazy stuff whereas what i'm doing is more merengue bass but then i'll throw in some rock stuff in there too so it's like a it's like a mix mm. it's like a big mix okay okay i guess further down the line as far as the band's concerned we got mr marco here who is of course the standouts uh you know as, as far as looks is concerned he's not dominican let's just clear that up but he is pretty much sworn in <laughs> so um, Marco can tell his story as far as he's the drummer of the band. He does his thing. Uh, from side conversation we had before, you've done more than just the drums. You've actually went to school, had training for other things too as well. So speak your piece, please. Let us know how you work into the band yourself. Yeah, first I moved here in New York. It was three years ago. And so first my what I my first instrument was piano when I was in Europe and I used to play in this band like a it was like a rock pop radiohead band and we I played like for eight years I think with this band we doing a lot of tour there. But also one of my first instruments too was drum and and I came here in New York to study jazz, especially jazz because of course New York is one of the the jazz center of the world. So I came here in a couple different schools here in New York. So I went forth and back with my country, mm. uh, taking some classes, personal classes with different drummer. And I met Nano when I moved like three years ago. Actually, it was nothing about Afro-Dominicano. I think we started like, with uh, kind of a hip hop music that we was, we, we met, uh, we, we recorded something on the studio and having some fun and we start to play a couple stuff together and some other guys joined the band and and one day he said oh marco i want to have this project i want to do this afro dominicano band I'm, I'm down man like i came here in new york i didn't have any job so my my mm. i was playing drum on subway and making some money like that so working on some coffee shop Ooh. and stuff like that that was that was my life i didn't have any paper so oh, okay. I was making money, like playing the mm. subway, like find a couple of jobs like that. And, and yeah, we stopped Afro Dominicano. I met Ciro, I met all of the team, uh, Jose, Rafi. And and yeah, they bring me this um, Dominican music. I said, what the fuck is going on? You know, I don't have no <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 what is going on? You know, and you have to understand, like, a merengue, we have Jose is playing tambora. Mm. That's the drum, that's the drum, that's the main drum, you know? So yeah. You play, like, technically with two drummers, you know? That's, it's, it's complicated. How's it gonna work, you know? So, like you say, we play different styles. So how are we gonna mix that, you know? So, that was a very big challenge because people, a lot of people talk about, yo, we do this, we do that, but it's it's not, it, don't, it doesn't work like that. Like, mixing a different style, it's, it's hard. And sometimes there are some boundaries you cannot like do whatever you want because some stuff work and sometimes doesn't work. So yeah, it was pretty fun, man. It was a, a lot of work, a lot of repetition, and like sometimes some stuff works pretty well, other stuff didn't work. But yeah, like now it's about three years, not two years. How, how two years? Two years we came together and wow, this only was, two years. Two years, yeah. And yeah. Okay. One of my greatest experience in by music. Uh, 
He's playing with these Dominican guys here in New York and either in the States and I can't wait we can play, play outside of the world because I really think this band is uh, is, is strong, man. It's pretty strong. Well, that leads to, to me asking you this then, Marco. Did you have any exposure or any knowledge of the Dominican culture at all before you even got exposed to Afro or even working with Nano and yeah, the rest of that? Yeah, I, I do. I do have. I, I went in one time in a DR in vacation and I took a class. Puerto Plata? <laughs> so, um, I was in vacation and I was in Punta Cana and oh. I saw actually, I think it was like kind of a merengue band and 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 this guy was playing Guirai. And we, we after the show, he showed me a little bit of the Guerrilla, and I was showing up some stuff on drum. It was very interesting, pretty cool, man. Mm. But no, no, technically, I have no knowledge. Like, when I came here, I'm telling you, like, when they start to play some typical stuff, I was, like, totally lost, man. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And they want me to play bass drum, and I'm like, only the bass drum. So it's, it's easy, but, like, if you don't have that in your blood or you're born with that, it, it's, you know... It's like every style of music, you know, so... Well, well, let me ask the Dominicans here, of course, present. Does Punta Cana count as, like, your a formal introduction to Dominican culture at all? Because I know it's mostly no, resorts. No, no, no. no. Resorts. Yeah, yeah, so. resorts. Yeah, 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 definitely not. It's just... It's like the the watered-down Dominican Republic. Like, where shit, it's like Tourist going to thing. Cancun and saying you've been to the boondocks in Mexico, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get kidnapped to get sworn in. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Some sort of ransom, at least. But then I guess you gave him, Marco, I mean, you gave him the crash course on, like, being Dominican. That's, that's, that's the thing amazing with this band is, like, everybody's bringing their... We have all of our personal background, and we all bring it, and we kind of all have to learn it. Like, I study a lot of jazz, reggae. I have a lot of reggae t-shirt and and yeah the guy of the band they don't really know reggae they know reggae how listen but like to play it's a different way like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel I bring it at parts I bring it other parts Frankie bring his parts Cedar bring his part we all have and, and it's what is amazing but it's bad we, we all we all student and we're gonna be student the entire life nobody in music like I'm down I know everything you never mm -hmm. know you just you just constantly learn learn all the time it's it's a non-stop learning you know we all see student and and that's it and that's that's what it's cool we and every day it's a challenge every day every real soul there's new stuff and, and i think i feel like like every any new song we do it's like we're creating our own style yeah. you know what i mean it's like we're not copying anybody else we're cr literally creating our own style of music, so it's not. It's 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 been hard, but it's been amazingly fun. You know what I mean? And again, it's like stuff that we learn, and and also you try to bring out the real song and say, all right, let's try it on an Afro beats mixed with uh, merengue, mm -hmm. uh, some salsa, and again, sometimes it works. Sometimes, okay, guys, mm -hmm. it doesn't work, so let's try it this way, and yeah, I think I think it, it, it pretty. It worked pretty well. With the I mean, as far as as far as you guys follow is concerned, it's been working so far. It keeps growing. It keeps getting out there, making the realm shared here, all that too. So, and I get to film it, and <laughs> he gets to do his for, part, of course. For, for us, the most important we we're not challenging. We're not like competition we've had or been or whatever. Like the only thing important is like our customer, our people. They come. 
they experience the band and then enjoy and, and they leave the place or leave the night here. oh guys thank you have a great night that's all count for us mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like that's it if I'm putting somebody happy that night he came on the show he has a bad week or something and he leave like happy with a smile the job is down man that, that's it right so no no I want to throw it back to you because I know you kind of briefly touched into how Afro started, what you had in mind as far as, I guess, bringing everybody together. And of course, let's not forget again, of course, we got Jose, which you'll help me with this. Jose plays what again and what's it called? He plays a tambora, which is Dominican drum, basically. So it's a double-sided drum and um, he's able to hear like really, he's basically able to do snare and hi-hats and toms on that drum. Mm -hmm. Like kind of replicate that. And then Rafi plays the guira, which is not really his main instrument. Rafi literally came to one of our rehearsals while he was living in, in, in Florida, in Miami. And he literally stayed. He was like, yo, I need to be part of this shit, whatever I have to do. So Rafi, like, he learned, he taught himself how to play the guira with this band. And he's doing an amazing job. And then Frankie is our uh, lead guitarist. And then we have Kelvin, which is our secondary guitarist and vocalist as well. Hmm. So the in the fusion that, that that one of the first songs that that we worked as a band was Amor de Colegio and Amor de Colegio it's a a derivative song from a, a old like a old school samba reggae um, that I, ha- I got the pleasure to listen to one day and then I just fell in love with the rhythm. So by doing so I wrote I, I wrote down the lyrics and almost all the lyrics that I write down are like life experiences and then with a mixture of like nonfiction and fiction of course, and then we brought it to the guys at the beginning. Amode Colegio was gonna be like like a merengue, not necessarily, but then one day Marco just started playing like a, a calypso uh, rhythm at the beginning and it, it just it just it just melted so well. And the cool thing about merengue and our music merengue it's it's so cool is that. It's, it's very fluid, so it, it takes like it takes other rhythms and it, it absorbs them, and it, it flows very well. So I say that Marco studying different rhythms and different cultures and different, uh, I want to say just the, the fact that you study these other rhythms was able to like bring a different side to our music. So Amor de Colegio was the first song that we were able to tackle down as a, as a team. And Amor has is is very complex. Like it has as much as like merengue, but Caribbean feel to it itself. So that was the first song that that we can say that that, that that's the song that perfectly represent like the birth of Afro Dominicano. And that was the first song that we worked together as a, as a team. And that's the first song that we mix all the genres that that we that we came from and we put it in one song. So we have Calypso, we have Afrobeat, we have Merengue, salsa, we right. have Salsa, we have mm-hmm. a, a hip hop at the end. I'm rapping, I'm going off, I'm snapping. And that, that I wouldn't say that that was a song that like say, like it told us like, if you guys continue doing shit like this, you guys are going to fucking be incredible. And like rehearsals for us, like it was more than just <clears throat> learning songs. Re- rehearsal for us was building team chemistry, and I feel like because of that, now where we are in the band is like it's total flu. Like we just speak about stuff and we work and we put it into play. 
Like we think we think about something, we'll we'll play it once and we'll all know where we're going and whenever we're stuck we just like ask the other person, What do you think I should be doing here? Or like what do you think will go good here and it just it just it just flies by now and it's just because the fluidity that we were able to and like obtain at the very beginning by just sweat just being in the studio four or five hours, three days a week, and just like busting it down and playing gigs and doing this, but yeah, so Afro Dominicano, we haven't been out for too long now, but definitely I want to say that whatever we do, we put a lot of effort on it, and we definitely bring what I like to say that we play everything from mainstream sh pop to like Santeria music from the 1400s and stuff like that, because we do some ritualistic ass songs that goes per and like rhythms that like are forgotten, but we we're bringing them and we're keeping them alive because it's part of our culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the presence is there with everything you've done so far till now. And again, the real thing that sold me on Afro Dominicano, speaking from my end, to be honest, was that being Spanish as everybody is here, mostly of course, Marco sworn in. Um, so Marco's Italian and yeah. he lives in Switzerland, but it. He's Italian, so the, we we have a saying in the Dominican Republic that Italians are the Dominicans of Europe. Europe. So, <laughs> yeah. So he's just a hundred percent Dominican at this point. I mean, I mean, in Italy, it's crazy, but there's a lot of the big community of Dominican music. Like they love bachata, they love merengue. There, it's yeah. like it's, it's a well, really huge know, community there. That is something that surprised me because when I had my first shock moment, as far as Dominicans are concerned is when I learned that years ago, of course, not now, Dominicans were up in Boston, were out in Chicago, were up down in Philly. And I thought the reach is spreading out there. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. Dominicans kind of like put a spell on me as far as my past relationship with my ex. <laughs> they got something about them, the women, I mean, of course, you know, that that's enchanting, that's alluring, that kind of keeps you there like my case was for five years. And I tried breaking up three times, but that bitch wasn't taking it. She wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was taking it, bro. You said, well, you, definitely. And I was, you know, tienen su encanto, Glad as they say. But yeah, I mean, as far as Dominicans reaching out to the world, I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, there'd be a Dominican... First, a prime minister, a Dominican, you know, uh, chancellor. Where? Rubirosa. <laughs> we'll, we'll speak on that. Who's that? Rubirosa. Well, Porfirio Rubirosa mm -hmm. was a, uh, he was a diplomat from the DR to, I forgot what country he represented, uh, what country he was assigned, but he traveled the world. Mm -hmm. He dated Marilyn Monroe. Ooh. Oh, he, yeah, that's right. He got around. He was a basic man whore back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Even Marilyn likes some Dominican. Yes. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised with Marilyn. Yeah, he was, he was uh, under Trujillo, and mm. he was like one of the few people that like pretty much did whatever the hell he wanted in and out the country. Um, they, some people think he was a spy. Because of his diplomatic position, but he uh, he's definitely a legend. Um, not a lot of Dominicans. I don't know if a lot of Dominicans talk about it, re you know, lately. Or I, I definitely know that not a lot of young Dominicans even know who the hell that is. Mm. You know, but um, we we've been around. We've they been will around. He was considered the last Playboy. That's, That's the name, name of the book. Name. Is that the name okay. of the book? Yeah, yeah, the last yeah, Playboy. Yeah. So he's a real cosmic, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised with, uh, as they say or dub it, the tigeraje that's associated with the Dominican man, you know. For sure. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, I've always professed to this. 
the Dominican male, female, whatever bravado is something that the world should take from and learn from because there's like no breaking down, there's no diminishing, there's no putting down a Dominican's ego or their self-belief in themselves as far as what they can do or will do most likely. They'll come in and fuse their culture into this place, that location, wherever. It's like you can't break it. It's like if Kanye was a culture, it, he might as well be Dominican because there's no I talking agree, I that. agree with that. I agree with that. There's <laughs> no talking that man down. There's no breaking him down mentally. Well, you know, he's bipolar according to Kim, but you know, before that whole Kardashian clan took over, yeah, he was like practically Dominican with like the just the swagger, just like I'm taking over, I'm putting my stamp on things, and no one can tell me otherwise. Can't tell me nothing, as he said once before with one of them singles. But it's it's beautiful to see that again, Afro Dominicano. Again, we're missing some of the the group itself, but the core here is here present to allude to the fact that you know you started humbly, Amor de Colegio. If I'm not mistaken, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that is that the one that goes no fuero no nani fuero no? That's the one that goes ooh. ooh okay. So I mix my songs up. You know, I, I'm a fan like that. I, I can't tell one from the other like that. <laughs> but that other song is a good song too, and it has yeah. a nice it has a nice background story to it as well. That is actually the song was written like like right after like my my fiance gave birth to my to our daughter. And um, the song, it speaks about, like, the birthing process. And because, like, I'm talking about it wasn't one. It was 24 hours. Like, she gave birth for 24 hours. So, like, that's, like, in the song and everything. And it's, like, I'm telling her, like, it, basically, I'm, this is, like, a, like, a, like a, a song not just dedicated to her. But, like, the album is a gift to my daughter. That's why it's called Letters to Zoe. Because it's, like, her understanding... Like, if anything happens to me in the next few years, like, she understand who her father was. It's like, he wasn't just Dominican. He was also New York. He wasn't just merengue. He was also reggae. You know, he was not just a family man. He was also into love. He was also into lust. He was also into weed. He was also into hip-hop. And it's like, that's what I, that album that we just came out December. Just, that's what the album is about. So that's the nice story about that song, 928. Is a song about the birthing process of my daughter, which is Zoe, which, as you guys know, that's the name of the album. So this is that is to Zoe nine twenty eight, a song which is also her birthday, September twenty eighth. So yeah, I'm glad you actually sang the song because I wanted to bring that up. I never said that in a I, I in wouldn't a podcast or in an interview. You know what I'm saying? I would have never thought that was about the birthing process. <laughs> I thought that was a whole another thing there too. But okay. <laughs> I was thinking one thing and then now it's the other, but that's the beauty of Afro. They just hit you with one thing, you think one, and then it's the whole nother process going on there too. We like to say is music to be listened to, heard, but not understood. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's how we also like are able to like grab a larger audience that just are not just Spanish because our music is international. Yeah, and you know, the thing, too, that I love so much about Afro when I got introduced to them by Angel, of course, A.O., shout-outs to him always, yeah. is, you know, it goes beyond merengue or what you typically associate with Dominican culture, per se. You did covers. You did a whole bunch of them, actually, of pop, I guess you could say a little bit of rock, per se, okay. infusing there, too, which worked because... 
I want to think of it. I'm not a musician, obviously, so I can't, you know, speak on my behalf fully per se. You are the musicians, but I always find it to be a cheap tactic to like kind of do a cover of whatever. But the easy route would be a cover of whatever they're doing with like a little bit of whatever infused what you're doing. But you guys actually, I guess you can say, Dominican it up with whatever you're doing, cover-wise. <laughs> but actually make it work, it gives it a bop, it's a rhythm, it's a groove. Like, I, I, I'm still sitting on a video of, I took from you guys when you did SOBs for the album release party of uh, my favorite, Seven Nation Army. Um, from, uh, what's the name? White, the White Stripes. The White Stripes. Right. Which, uh, no, I'm sorry, not that. I did put that one out. I meant to say the one you did from uh, the last gig you did before the pandemic started at that place the sampler. Lower side. The, the sampler yeah yeah on the, the sampler, the sampler. stout release yeah so how does that work for you guys how did you start doing the covers because that i found to be the most genius thing that you guys implemented I'll take this one. yeah yeah definitely that one so you have to see a band is like kind of a business it is mm-hmm. so or you decide to play one thing well for the same people it's like most likely here in New York, what I saw is like all of these uh, typical band, they they play for the same people. They play for the same place and they turn around. That's their, what they do. They're professional, they're the best, but they do this. We have another few, we try to touch other people and we play some place where there's only white people. And that's the beauty of this band. So when you put a, a cover band like uh, what's the name um, we do the, the white stripes mm-hmm. and but we do in a merengue way so we bring to our customer like mostly white people so sometimes we play in Manhattan like some only there's only white people but you bring this cover so oh I know this song you know and you bring, bring another rhythm, mm-hmm. it's much easier, like, oh, this is cool, I can't dance, because I know that song. Mm-hmm. Because if you bring something super typical, super straight, some people, they're not gonna understand, because, understand. all right, I don't know that, so they, they kind of shine, I'm scared, you know? Mm-hmm. But yo, I know this song, but it's another rhythm, I know that song, so it's much easier. That's the beauty of what, to, to play some cover. First, because we have fun. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun to play some. That's a challenge. Yo, let's play that song. Let's play Nirvana, but we play like on the on the merengue, bachata way. And it's cool because sometimes we play in, uh, the opposite. We play in some um, on the uh, Dominican spots. We play sometimes like only Dominican or Spanish music, and we bring some like rock song in the merengue. They're like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, I know that song too. You know. Mm-hmm. So there's something about like with with like we do covers, but we're not actually covering the song how they go mm-hmm. we're turning it into our, our own version but there's something to bringing uh that bringing something new to something familiar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The you know nostalgic, what i mean like the nostalgic yeah period. like oh man i remember that song but i never heard it like this so a lot of people it's like it's something new it shocks them shocks the system you know and, and it, it's about creating that vibe where it's just like you know this is what we do i i've always been one uh even for when I was younger playing in church back in the days like my friends back uh, they would always make fun of me because I would I would hear a song and I would immediately want to turn it into merengue mm-hmm. you know just like what you were saying that like the, the, the genre is fluid you can take many songs and just put a tambor and guida in the background it'll just it'll just pop so 
that's always been in the back of my head. It's like I hear something and I'm like, oh, oh shit, that'll sound cool in Merengue. Like, so that that's part of what our covers have done. And like specifically, um, what's the one that we do? The one that Christian that we were just jamming out. Santeria. Santeria. That one came about. We were just jamming. Uh, this uh, guy Christian. Shout out to Christian. He played guitar with us for a little bit. He practiced for a semi-circles. while. Semicircles. Yeah, semicircles. Look him up. He um, he started playing that, and I already knew the song. And I was like, wait a minute! I just started playing merengue on top of it. I was like, yo, I told Jose, yo, just play play merengue. And then you started playing, and he's he's the king for that. Play, just drop it. We do it, and and then like it's like uh, it's kind of like you know you're hanging out with your boys, and and if you put on a shirt that nobody's feeling, they're gonna tell you, nah, nah, take that shit off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we start doing stuff. And if it feels good, everybody's like, yeah. And, but if it's whack, everybody's like, yo, that shit is whack. So, like, we we are we judge ourselves. We we, we, we keep ourselves in check so we don't get too crazy. It's or easier, bro. Music is easier. Mm-hmm. If you look at each other and somebody looks like looks like you like that, you're good. Doesn't mean it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you see yeah. that face, like... Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice. That's good. That's you know stank you face. It. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that shit is good. i do it again for you. By the yeah. way, that's a B flat, guys. It's a B flat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you that because again, you guys are a whole band. You guys do your thing together as a whole. That's that's wonderful to see. But how do you guys implement the covers? How do you work? Like, who? We already know the Seven Nation Army. We already know Santeria. But how do you guys even implement that from the get go? Who thought of that? How that just, does that come in? Spur, spur of the moment yeah. like and we all like for example like uh, the cover that we did to Luis Vaga like like Cito had this idea like in his mind and like we were just like jamming he was just jamming when we used to practice in the in the in the refrigerator and then we turn it into Reagan and, and it's like everyone in this band gets uh, an opportunity to have a say so it's not like we like necessarily just like it's like one day we'll get we'll get to the to the studio and you'll be like, yeah, I was listening to something and I was thinking that we should do this, that, and the third, and it will sound dope. Like I remember that Cito one just played it once and he was just like went home and like was like in a wedding oh, yeah. playing in a piano like just like on like well garage band it's <laughs> like garage band like, figuring out some notes transposing uh, like one of one of the biggest Dominican hits. Which is not even Dominican because before that it was done in Vallenato, it was done in Colombian. So it's like one of the biggest bachata hits in the Dominican Republic. Like this motherfucker just turned it into a reggae. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) and and that's so like not just one person. So like most of the songs that that are original in in the in the out in the first album, I want to say the original songs were written by me. But like not just with cover itself, like. Everyone's just chips in their ideas and decides like, oh, do you think this is dope? Do you think this is not dope? Uh, like, you know, like everyone gets the opportunity and we give it a try. Like, we don't just dismiss stuff. So, like, we like if we like like if we approve of it, then we're gonna work on it. So it's like mm-hmm. we'll come to rehearsal. We'll be like, yo, let's try this, and like we'll work around different rhythms. We'll decide if we want to do this to it, do that to it, and then we fuck with it. We'll be like, you know what? Let's make this add this song to our to our list. And let's work on it now. So, like, with, with every song that we work with, we, deconstru- we start with something, we deconstruct it, and then we bring it back together and, 
and usually it's the best thing to do when we break it down and then we find out where we really should go because some songs that you hear now started differently than the way that they're being played that right now and yeah. like and and it's gonna continue like uh, changing and, and we're gonna continue adapting because we're always learning new things new rhythms and stuff like that but yeah everyone has a say everyone brings something up we we uh work it out as a collective but we decide that it's not gonna work then we dismiss it but like if someone is like really pushing something like yo this shit is dope we'll, we'll always give it a chance there's, there's no there's always like a open forum for you to like say Let's try this. Whether if it works for us, then we'll keep it. But if not, then we we'll just keep it moving, and no one gets offended by the fact and stuff of like that. And it doesn't really happen. Like when we work on something, like it either works or it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, we just keep it moving. If yeah. it works, we work with it. Mm. Everybody feels it, and and it's like okay, yeah, let's do it. If it doesn't work, we all feel it. Like everybody just feels mm-hmm. nah, that's just not gonna work, and that's just the way it goes. I I don't think it's been too many times that we've done something and it just hasn't worked yeah Yeah, like I know when we first started doing um uh we we, we tried to do it and then we left it alone for like three or four months and then we came back to it Mm. and then that's when it it took off you know what I mean so it can sometimes the song will come together in 20 minutes sometimes it'll come together in four or five months You know, it just depends. Okay. That, that makes sense, because I was going to ask, too, has there been anything anybody kind of suggested in the band to work on cover-wise that just wasn't hitting, or you tried to make it work, and you just said, nah, we can't fuck with this one, or anything that stands out? <laughs> Not from the top of the head, but I know for a fact we tried doing in September by uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, that's and we have, that's we, have, like, we have something, in it, and it's just like... Singing wise is uncomfortable, but we're like we work we're picking up and working around it. But I don't remember like like if, that we declined something because no, it's usually like we just play, it, we get a feel for it, and then we just like let's go for it. But we haven't. No, I don't think we declined any any songs any any suggestions. I mean, we work on stuff like before. We used to do different like a different ending to best friend and like we than what we do now. But we decided that this was a better ending anyway. So like. Maybe that like we dismiss maybe a like a, a a verse or like dismiss like the like a, a progression a progression yeah but like like nah when it comes to cover and like we do covers but like covers take maybe ten percent of our set list which is also like it's pretty good because a lot of people sometimes listen to some of our original tracks and be like I feel like I've listened to this before and I'm like no it's an original track but you know what I'm saying we know how we work and. How to how to work with the music and and you know we do things that are gonna be appealing to people as well, but also like in our standard, because you know we like you know we care about our public. We're trying to build a community, but we also don't want to be we want to say we don't want to be mainstream mainstream, but you know we want to be popular enough, you know. But but the thing with this band that I love it, not it's we're a little bit like we like pick people. If we go somewhere and. Uh, the owner of the booker say, yo, you guys should play this, that. We love that bullshit, you know? Because we're going to do the total opposite about what he said. And <laughs> that, that's what we love, man. If like, yo, guys, you have to play like very uh, merengue, typical, we're going to start with a rock song, man. Because mm, just start for with that, a blues progression. Just a blues progression <laughs> and, and four friend backs like that. That's what we like, man. It's like, just pick a little bit. Because 
we're we're the chef of the kitchen, you know. Oh yeah, of course. We cook, you eat. You make up the menu. You, know, you make up the menu. So <laughs> you're here. You're coming to see us. You mm -hmm. came to pay. You pay your ticket to come to see us. Now that's our job. You're gonna hit what we propose, and we we love that stuff, man. We love like there's a yeah, because there's there's like a bad, um, I guess like a I guess like a bad habit within uh, the actual typical genre where where the bands cater to the fans, right? So if I have a, I'm in a band, we're playing at a spot, and a fan asks for a certain song, then the band is gonna try to to fulfill that fan's wishes. Which is which is great, great, but when it's a song that's been played for I don't know maybe a hundred years, and it's like the same old song, and it's like you want to hear something different, you know. So, but you know, the fan sometimes is asking for these songs, so you got to comply. But then what we try to do is like, you know, we'll give them a little something here and there. Like they'll ask for certain songs. We're like, no, we don't do this one, but we do this one, you know, to to comply in a sense, mm. because sometimes. The fans of, of these genre, they're like, you know, they're really like, no, I want you to play this song. Play this, you know, they keep out, play this song for me or whatever, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important for, for a band, like, we do what we're doing. And we don't try, oh, because it's these people, we have to do that. No, we do whatever, yeah, whatever we, do, whatever we, we do. want. Because especially with this band, we don't have no idea who's going to come on the show. Mm -hmm. To be honest, it's like all the time, it can be Jamaican, it can be European, it can be American, so... You cannot satisfy everyone. It's impossible. And also, we're playing a bunch of different venues mm -hmm. too. Course, like, yeah. like we're not in well, what I call the the chimney circuit, where it's like the same <laughs> the same five six spots that are always playing. No, we're not playing those spots. We're you know we're playing these spots in the Lower East Side. We're playing these spots downtown. We're playing spots uptown. You know these smaller, not regular venues. So we're our audience is is a little broader than the narrow typical club party goer you know mm -hmm. yeah which is cool because then if you're catering to them all the time every time you kind of become background music like yeah. most merengue is no, no offense of course but yeah, yeah. that's what it becomes because you add your little infusions to it everybody brings their element to it and it becomes your own thing mm -hmm. which is afro-dominicano's stamp as far as their own sand or sabor per se again like everyone do his thing i mean i love it when like you, you can go somewhere and you're gonna find what you want this is perfect you know if you want to listen like this kind of music you know you go there you're gonna be that you're gonna go listen some jazz music you're gonna go to west village you go to small jazz and you're gonna have what you want but uh, we don't care about that we we play with whatever we want well the beautiful thing is all of you guys are creatives you've all played your mastered excuse me you've all mastered your instruments as far as what you bring to the band keeping in that realm has there been anything that anybody suggested be it the pain uh kelvin jose rafi the ones that aren't here that suggested a cover and you got to look at them like are you fucking stupid we can't do that one or, no, no, that's, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. Come on. No, I don't think that's no. happening. Yeah, that's, that's never happened. 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 Or at least for the sake of climbing, like, come on. Again, if for somebody bring with something... Oh, guys, oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah, the, there has been one, but it's a cover of our own song. So a there's cover. a song that we do, uh -huh. right? Uh, Quisqueya. Okay. That the song is straight... <laughs> the song is straight oh, reggae. Like, like, it's like a slower reggae. Uh -huh. But I want to do a cover in Mambo Merengue. No, fuck that And everybody's like, nah, nah, nah. But, but it pops. <laughs> like, like we're gonna do it just to like say yes to see them because for for his birthday we're gonna yeah do we're it. gonna do it for his birthday and we might do it once or twice live but like <laughs> that has to be the only song that like maybe everyone be like I, 
I'm nah. down to do it. I told you, I'm down yeah, to record it. I don't give a fuck. You Frankie know what I'm saying? Frankie already recorded it. And he it's like, it but like, uh, Santa was his Kelvin. <laughs> he is, he's, he doesn't, he, at all. He's like, no, no, if you play, I'm not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that. So he's keeping that in. No. He just says, he just says the, the essence yeah. of that song is just too real. To convert it into something which is playful, because yeah. that song speaks about like, like Dominican Republic, like the representation of like government and like what it is to be like a Dominican right now in the world, and like like go like people who are like struggling Dominican Republic because of shitty politics. That that's what that song is about. So like, I, we understand why he doesn't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? But we're also a party band. You know, like we also mm-hmm. like to have fun, and that's why like. I would never like knock a, an idea down. Like we might not do it like if we're pl- when we're playing at Madison Square Garden or something no. like that. But like, <laughs> like if we just yeah, of course, of course. Right now, but if we're playing for, for the God, Mexican man. cartels, I don't know if I'm get you know. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I mean, if the Saudis come I mean, calling with a bag, why not do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but. Okay, well, but I, I think yeah, that's see, definitely been the only yeah, instance where it's like, nah, nigga, like, we're not no, doing no, that. Right now. And they're like, nah, nah, like, nah. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> and frankly, already recorded it, so it's like it yeah, already has yeah, to be he, done. He laid out, he laid out the whole, the whole guitar arrangement from beginning to end. He's got like some demo percussion or whatever, so I'm gonna lay out some bass on Fra- that. Frankie is very it. easy working. You just say, oh, you do that, okay? He's gonna start it and then do yep. the production. Yeah, that's <laughs> he caters to what you you ask him to do, which is again to his. Um, to his genius uh, yeah, crediting of course genius. yeah for real that's the pain for you though he knows what to do at this point to kind of cater to you but as far as Afro as a whole is concerned I mean you did mention eventually if you do a Madison Square Garden gig which I don't see as far as being a surprise concern once things go back to normal of course how do you envision that I guess what would you call it like a uh, song list or I don't know what the, the title would it for be how do you cater to that big of a show once that comes along? So is that even just about like that? At, at that point, like, we're, we're going to just be selling the actual show and it's going to be like an idea of like what we like what we are about. So it's going to be like going super primal in the music, which is came to Dominican culture and as, as well as like our represent, like what we're we representing as a culture. So it's going to be like, you know, playing some old school folkloric music, telling, like, letting people know about, like, the history and, like, the timeline of, like, what it is after the many kind of plays. And it's, like, going from, like, the beginning of time in music in our circle, in our journey, in our journey to, like, what we have created now, the evolution now in, in, these, in this generation of the, of the music. So, like, that would be, like, how we would set up a show like that. So the list... Will just not just go by songs, but it'll be like the presentation, like the dances, having people like playing different instruments that we per se don't play when we play in smaller venues, and that's how we would do a larger event in that in in that caliber. So it's a setting an experience and a timeline of like the music that we play and that we all learn because we play a lot of traditional songs from like the the early ninety like nineteen like nineteen hundreds and stuff like that, like because like. That's where that, that's where our music came from, but also we're doing stuff that's like even before that. So we're doing some like ritual, like ritualistic, like Santero chants, and we're doing like what uh, we're, we're using at moments. We're doing uh, callings that were done in our like ethnic Taino culture, 
and then we transposing this right now into the third the 20 21st century and then we're playing like rock and then we're playing um we play merengue with like a little a, a different spin to it and like we're adapting different rhythms to the new age but we also keeping those rhythms alive that, that from the past so that's how a presentation that's how the how the how we think about like something in that caliber of what we, the performance would look like and i think too if you had something that big to your catering to your liking with a crowd already you know fiending for afro as far as MSG's concerned. That's half the job. Exactly, right. That's you sold the them off that, so then it's not even a matter of do, I, do we start with a cover, do we start with something we did, original, whatever, too. It's just they're there already. Right, they're there for the experience. Mm -hmm. uh, well, since you're all musicians, you're all creatives, you all contribute. Is there anything that in unison, let's say an album, an artist, that you might listen to for, I guess, influence, inspiration? Because I know, I know you're not trying to copy or emulate, but I'm sure that as a collective, you all have someone you go to and be like, maybe start off the jam session. Anything at all that comes to mind. But what sets you in the mood? What sets the vibes for Afro? So we have... A little bit of weed. Yeah, we have a lot of influence influencers when it comes to music. Yeah. I don't want to say that any of them are really from the new school. It's usually like, you know, some elders. Uh, but like for me, one of like one of my creative people for me is Bob Marley. Um, I know that I share this with with Marco, but he also like who would be a an inspiration for you? Who sets you in the mood whenever you think about like working on something new with us? I'm a old school man. I like uh, old school stuff in any gender, uh, but anything, man. Like it's it's kind of a hard question because I have so much stuff that I love, but it can be uh, even like a deal stuff. Or sometimes we start with some like hip hop beats, and we go another way. So Jay Dilla. How about you, like, Cito? Um, who would you consider to be one of the people who damn. turns you on when it comes to music? Oh, there's so many, man. It's just, it runs the gamut, like, from from any type of merengue to classic rock to some EDM to, it's just so many things. I really don't, I don't listen to a lot of music per se, like, personally, like, you know, once in a while, like, if I'm listening to something, I'm going to something specific. Or, like, today, like, yesterday, I put up a post about Lo Hermano Rosario's, uh, one of their albums that came out, La Doña Their Swing, which for me is, like, their their best album. But it's this album came out in 1996, and I remember when it came out, and then, like, the other day, I was like, oh, I need to listen to this album. So I just listened to the whole album straight from beginning to end. Like, that's how I like to listen to music. I'm old school. I like to listen to albums from top to end, like... This stuff with like just a single here and a single there. Sometimes it's like it's annoying. Sometimes it I like to hear the whole album and like <laughs> get the whole story. You know what I mean? So yeah. Bob Marley, we, we Jay hold, Dilla, listen, Mano Rosario. We we yeah. hold we hold inspired. It's impossible today to not be inspired. If you're born somewhere, there's nothing maybe. But like today, we all inspire every musician, and it's cool because when we met and for real soul, like Ciro might be inspired this week, or you know you have moments. Sometimes you for a week you listen that type of guy, that type of artist. Mm -hmm. So you listen that constantly in the week. But what happened with your brain? You come at the the, the wrestle with that kind of inspiration. But Nano is gonna have another inspiration. It's gonna be like more uh, reggae, or whatever. 
and he's gonna bring that touch of you know uh, it's just like a just a mix just a mix of stuff yeah. that we do we we love it I mean everybody love everything kind of like I don't think I don't know nobody I mean we love it like any genre of music I guess or since you're all creatives you're all musicians has there been anything recently that let's say one hit that might have stuck out it's like hey I can kind of do something with that and afro it up per se maybe we could do a cover to it eventually anything like that I'm down like right now for a Jaco Pastor or something on the bass <laughs> like I'm in a mood like with, with that right now like if I have to do I try to a little bit to bring something like that but we'll see <laughs> So I want to say that lately we've been working on a lot of original stuff. So um, I, I, I want to say like we've been working on a lot of like reggae on, on one side. And then we've also been working on, on a lot of new stuff and new rhythms that we haven't yet uh, used in the past. So like it's things that we already learned, like that we've been learning throughout the journey, but now we're able to replicate it. Hmm. So... So as far as like uh, like as far as like uh, cover goes, since we have been shying away to that, not necessarily, but our new music is like it's 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 very different than what we previously were doing because now like before we were able to, we were looking to find like our niche and and to find the the well the cohesiveness in in the band, but now we we found the glue and we know like what works and what doesn't work and now we're just like turning things original ideas into like our own stuff and that's so in like inspirational wise i think that we're like we each inspire each other to to do something new and that's the where we at right now in like our music and creativity space that's what i wanted to get to too because i know starting out since you're still fairly new like you said two or three years mm -hmm. as a collective together it's still easy to do the covers. It's still easy to get inspired, I guess, per se, by different things. But now, like you said, you're kind of fleshing it out as far as the group itself. What can we do to give back to the audience, to the listeners, our original material? Are you comfortable with saying now that maybe not so much the covers, like you said now, but now it's time to really focus on Afro itself, what we're going to yes. bring to the game. I mean, That's what we, we, we never sure. played that much of a cover, to be honest. Like, we have, like, one... Usually when we play a set, we had, like, maybe one, two... And that's that, and those have been, like, like the, the covers that we have done has been, like, it's almost, like, almost accidental. We, oh, yeah, It's yeah, almost yeah. accidental. It's like, well, we <laughs> just... You know, sometimes you need a... You literally need a song to fill in in the set so that your set is not so short, and then you don't realize, oh, wait a minute, it actually kind of smacks. People actually like this, so you keep on playing yeah, it. For example, one time, we, we was in this club in uh, in the Bronx, I think, and we never practiced that song, but I think it was Frankie. He started with uh, Smell Like Smell like Teen Spirit. What yeah. Like, like in the middle of the show, we never practiced that. Yeah, we never practiced and, it, and the audience was going and, crazy because Frankie everybody played everybody got surprised because I started with... And all the bands and, and it was like in a magical moment because the entire crowd was like jumping and singing. I was like, all and this right. is an uptown, fully Dominican crowd. We're playing Smell Like Teen Spirit. We did not expect and that. And then we went into Merengue at the end of it. So oh, I don't know how that happened, yeah. but it just, it just Marco happened. Marco called it out. Marco called it out. Yeah. I remember that. Like, yeah, let's, let's go. 
Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and by the way, shout out to Brendan, of course, friend of all of us here, too, with his thing yeah. going on. I, I think you did that back at the last NYC marathon, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we did and that. And he had it, too, yeah. too, as yeah. well. And he, 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 he snapped. He snapped. He did, he did a one freestyle verse. Yeah, he did a verse. And I was like, word, bro. That's that how you dope. feel about we life. We should actually go back to that. Yeah. Because that shit yeah. actually kind of popping. Yeah. Now that you bring yeah. it up, man. Yeah. Like like you say, yeah, we're working on the Forest Signal album right now. It's, it's going to be very pretty interesting. We have a pretty cool stuff, man. Is that yeah, like We have the, some new yeah. song. We have like some... What's the name? A Chica de Riso. I start with some Bambi. It's a... African beats and we turn it on in another way and it's yeah kind of breaks yeah, I mean it's, it's safe to say when you hear us you're gonna hear something different something new but something old too yeah in a sense you know because the rhythms the rhythms that we're playing are thousands of years old you know in, in certain cases and the, the, yeah. the songs and the lyrics that we're saying might be some newer stuff but the rhythm behind it is, is, is old stuff cool, yeah. mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 a mix. Well, you got your first album out now, Letters to Zoe, Volume 1, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? So that's dedicated to your daughter, which is great. I was curious, Senior Kisnano. Um, I know Nas did that for Stillmatic. He put his daughter, Destiny, as an executive producer, so she'll still get paid off that if he's gone anytime soon, of course. Have you done that with Zoe to secure her bag for the future? Um, I've done it in other ways like investing on stocks for on her name and stuff like that but with this album i did i didn't put it under her name i didn't but everything that i own is gonna be hers and and my fiance at one point in time so i didn't think i had to do that but i definitely um i definitely did consider giving her like a one percent of our streaming but that i didn't get to do that before distribute i would distribute drop the album so but that's cool that Nas did that, you know what I'm saying? She's gonna be alright. But she's gonna be good because she's gonna be yeah, a, an amazing girl herself. Yeah, so so now that you're working on volume two or what title are you going with now for the second album? So volume two of Letters of Zoe is an is is more like a... Because when we were working on, on, on Letters of Zoe it's like us getting to know each other. So it's so that's how it came out and like we got the opportunity to record at the, one of the top studios in New York and at NYU. Shout out to Dom, who was our producer there. Nick. And um, so we were able to use the facilities that, you know, maybe we, we wouldn't even be able to afford to to, use, to uh, work in. So now, volume two of Letters to Zoe is just like us as a mature group playing those songs the way we play them live. So that's what volume two is. The album that we, of all original songs, which is like gonna maybe come out 2021 or 2022, that's just a, a completely different different album and it's, it's, it's gonna have a different name and it's, it's a different aesthetic to the album itself because now everyone has has their, has more than, um I wanna say, an, an input in the album. Like Marco's gonna have some original music in that album that's cut, the mm -hmm. next album. Frankie's gonna have original music that he wrote himself, and like now I'm in the back end and I'm just like writing lyrics to it. Then Cedar's doing some original work, and so this album is is a completely different different thing. It's a completely different monster, 
than than Let Us Is and and Let Us Is Volume Two. It's just gonna be the lie, like a lot, like the way we play those songs now as a mature group. Hmm, that's awesome. Now, I mean, besides or besides stepping from the music itself, you guys all bring your original stories or your backstories to the group itself. I know Nano, Sito, and Marco. You all do your things outside of the group. So I like to start with you, Nano. You got your own business you own. You have your family you started as well, too. Whatever you're comfortable with, you know, give us a little backstory of what you bring as far as that's concerned. <laughs> so I, I've, wor- I've always... I've always worked, like, with my family. So, like, we have a family business that we've owned for, like, 30 years. So, like, I'm in charge of managing that. I'm, I also have an Afro Cave studio, which is that was studio, our private studio where we rehearse. Um, and then we also have, like, the Hidden Patio, which is going to be, like, a live uh, outdoors venue that we're going to have two events in August on. And it's going to be, like, the debut of that of that venue, which is the backyard which you've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have like my family, like you said. So I, I have my daughter Zoe. She just she's gonna turn three years old in September. And um, I, my mates, which I've been since the last maybe fifteen years of my life. We met in high school and we've been on and off, uh, uncontrollably since then. Like you said, the enticiveness of the Dominican woman. You try to leave them, but you come back. So <laughs> it's like Godfather three. Yeah, you're about to pull you right back in. But you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's cool because it's like, like being with a person for such a long time, like it, it makes certain things easier. So like sometimes whenever like I have so much stress with like the band and work and this, that, and the third, it's lucky I'm lucky to have someone that's like you know taking care of the home and taking care of the, our daughter. So you know she's not just like you know, getting the right education, but she's also, like, you know, learning the things she has to learn, and, and to be honest with you, like, I'm completely satisfied with my life thus far, and then Afro-Dominicano, which is, like, the the last bit of that, it's 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 going great so far, I have no complaints, and, and like, coming back from quarantine, I just remember telling, telling Marco this, is like, we're a different band, and I feel like we, we from this quarantine and shit like not just did we become like a more mature band which is what the word that Marco used but I also feel like we learn something that it's like we can't live without the music that we play Hmm. and I feel like it brought a a different appreciation to the way we play the songs and to the music that we're doing now and the quality yeah and that works directly into how Cito part of the band essential as he is of course He's got his own side business with, if I'm not mistaken, your wife, um, Frito yep. Concito. Yes, sir. Which you actually collab with Marco to now start selling your product out of his storefront, nice. Chabella. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Cito, touch um, on how that works into the band, the time between the empanadas, your personal life, and all that. Um, well, the empanadas come from a love of food. I've always had a love of food and um, cooking and just trying different things. And then also entrepreneurship, you know, you see something that works and you know you have a good product and it's like, okay, this, if I put time and energy and effort into it, this is definitely going to give me something. So, uh, me and the, me and my wife, shout out to Karen, uh, we started, um, actually it all, Frito Concito started with a, it was an event for 
a record company called Bodega Island that mm. they were having a festival at the uh, Paper Box, one of my favorite venues in Brooklyn. Um, Baby, mate. They uh, they were having a festival and they needed food. And I had hit the guy up. I was like, oh, I can make empanadas. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'll get back to you. Da. The event had like a week to go. And, you know, the guy comes back to me and he's like, okay, can you make the empanadas for the event? You know, long story short, we rushed out and busted out like 900 empanadas in like three days. <laughs> wow. Damn. Right? And Mas- the guy was expecting about 500 people. So I figured 900 empanadas, 500 people, it works. He got less than 200 people at the event. Ah, so I had an overstock. And what happened was I knew the the owner of the paper box, shout out to Eric Varela. He uh, told me, hey, I got some shows, come back so you can sell the rest of your stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we were working on that. Then I was doing that consistently, maybe like two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't doing anything musically. I had stopped playing music because mm-hmm. that was doing pretty good. But then when Nano hit me up for Afro, that oh. kind of like, you know, the music was always going to win out for me, like right, right. Over, the, over the food. But I still kept doing the stuff in the background. We still, you know, kept doing orders and stuff like that. This whole pandemic hit and all that stuff just went out the window. But now... You know, my man Marco, he got his coffee shop and he's been like, yo, get these empanadas, let's get these empanadas going. So we finally got them going in there. Nice. And now we're just taking wait, taking this next step and see what, what the future holds. So per se, now you're getting your feet wet as far as getting outside of you and your wife directly distributing the empanadas. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, whereas before we were doing mainly like pop-ups and parties, doing the backyards of a bar or whatever. Now I want to get into actually distributing, making and distributing the empanadas. Because for me, it should be like, it's like, you, you know, you can, you should be able to walk down to a pizzeria, you can get a beef patty, you should be able to get empanadas the same, same way. Why not? It should yeah. be an appetizer. A well-made empanada, for me, at least beats a beef patty because... If public schools are making that for lunch too, then how sacred are they at this point? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, you got Marco next, of course. He's got, of course, Chabella. Chabella Is it coffee, yeah. Chabella Coffee. That's the full name. So make sure, I make sure I get that correctly. So now you're helping Yacido with introducing his empanadas to your crowd, which I understand from the pandemic, you had just freshly introduced the business itself right before it hit so how did you balance that time with the business now currently as well you reopened thank god with the band itself too your wife as well and your own private time yeah so um, i opened chow bella coffee actually it was the beginning of march like right before the pandemic like two weeks so i opened uh, this business is a uh, two weeks before the pandemic and i have i mean i have i decided to close it for one month because we didn't know what's going on, and I was new in the neighborhood, so I kind of looks bad if you, you the only guy stay open. So I decided to 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 close Chabella for for one month, and now I reopen. It's about two three months now. Mm-hmm. But like like we say, I come back about what he's saying. I know. So when you became entrepreneur, like you your mindset changed totally. The view of money, everything changed, and. The view of uh, what's the priority? Is it music priority? Is it business priority? So if you talk to somebody, oh, you should priority of the business. Yeah, you have a business, you know. But like this pandemic actually like show you some other way, because life is still life is nice. It's natural, and 
And actually, if I don't have the music, if I don't have like music, is so important. It's why I don't wanna cut that. I can decide, oh guys, I'm thank you guys, I'm done. Now I have my businesses, but you have to always remember you have it. Businesses like fourth, it's like life. It's like fourth and back, down, up, down. So when it's up, yeah, it's cool. Everything is fine. You can go to vacation. You have more money. But when the business is down, it's what you have music. You have like musician you can share like this passion this love but we all have the same love and and how many times i'm um, thanks god i damn i'm so happy to be in this band because like you have a bad day you have a bad week at your businesses and you come and you see your friends oh we all the same point actually and so yeah music it will be and it's gonna be always in my entire life uh, one of the priority it's a passion now i cannot say yo this is my job i wish i wish tomorrow like we sign up with a big contract and, and we only do that. Of course, um, play music for my entire life. So, but but also, in, entrepreneur teach you something else. What do you wanna be? You wanna be that guy like with straight money all the time and working for somebody else and the entire time for the same amount of money, or you say no, I try to be healthy maybe and build a community, build something in your neighborhood and help other people. It was beautiful, like Ciro came with me, yo, let's do some, some empanadas together. So, mm. and, and we started like a couple days ago and like now, and I was sold out the, the first day of <laughs> sold out. And again, some people they say, yo, but Ciao Bella coffee is an Italian cafe. They say, yeah, it's an Italian cafe, but you're in Brooklyn too, you know? You cannot be too too precise, you know, because again, it's a businesses. You have other people, and I don't want to be only Italian thing. I want my coffee is Italian, but I'm so happy to share some uh, empanadas from, uh, especially from from a guy play with you from your friends. Like if you can do businesses and it work for both of us, that's mm -hmm. that's the most important. Man. It's the best coffee shop in Brooklyn, followed by the best. Thank you guys. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, you was here at the opening. I yeah. remember, yeah. and I was very happy that you came. Some good ass coffee, by the way. I can test. I mean, I don't know nothing about coffee. I, you know, settle with Dunkin' Donuts. I can't do Starbucks because that tastes like gasoline to me. But you know, yeah. I'm sure you, you being a coffee expert, you can probably tell me Dunkin' Donuts is. Piss compared to mine. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what they're really good at at uh, Chow Croissants. They are, yeah. And Fire. We know <laughs> AO's a fiend for croissants ever since coming back from France. You know? <laughs> they don't, taste I the don't same. know how to act. <laughs> it's but, like it ran off to the DR and got pussy over there and came back here. It's like, this ain't the same over here. <laughs> it's diluted. It's watered down. Like, wait, what Ciro and Nano was saying, what you said before, like this pandemic actually, like I wanna, sh I wanna like even musician, because sometimes musician, we, we too are stubborn about something, we think like we all gonna be a superstar, and we think uh, we're gonna only do that, but you have to, you have, especially musician, you have to think about wealth. It's not because you're a musician, you don't have to think about wealth, and, and, and do your work, like do like, save money it's not because you're a musician you cannot save money you want to only do music but save money invest like nano said do something build a portfolio and do something because then pandemic who get the first uh, 
uh, uh, who got affected the worst. Affected the worst first yeah. was all the musicians, photocrat of all of these freelance guys. And what happened? Yeah. And you have no contract. I have so many friends that photographer, uh, musician, and all of this stuff that, damn, I don't have any more job. My brother, he's a producer, video, everything got canceled until mm. the end of the year. He don't have any cash, he don't have any yeah. salary. And that shit, like, it happened, but also you fell and you just learned, that's it. So I hope, like, every musician, especially musician, artist, photographer, they will learn something about that and say, yo, I'm gonna sell my house too and, and build something on the side, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy. It's affected all of us in our different ways, you know, directly, personally, or as a whole, as a unit, as a group, I'm sure. You know, the tough times are always there. That's always present. That's the serious stuff. You know, let, let, let's save that for the side right now. You know, there's Black Lives Matters. There's the pandemic hitting. There's all that stuff, too. But let's bullshit a little bit. We're in Brooklyn, of all places. Mm -hmm. Listen, Nano, I got to call you out because you own this fine establishment. The, the basement, the first floor, the business, and yourself, what you share with your daughter, your fiance, and everything, too. What's really good with Brooklyn basements? Because I've stepped down here to... <laughs> Before, before I touch down on this basement floor, I knock my head into this pillar right here too. I'm I'm barely six feet even. Marco's like six four at least. I can't take a breather before knocking my head into this basement ceiling. Like, yeah, you times. know what's crazy? You don't you don't even know you don't even know that this crazy was this basement was actually shorter when we when we first started. This is actually raised. We how, actually raised. How do you it. raise a basement? Let me ask. So that. we we what well, we did because this is the this is a new establishment now. After we remodeled, so what I had to do was move c certain pipes behind, like behind these walls, the ones I could actually move because some of them are just like structural beams that I can't move. But I we went around to like putting certain pipes behind the wall and then under. But these shits were just left, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, base, base, Brooklyn basements are pretty short. Hold on, no, 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 a hundred percent. I'm bagging you. Hold on. What? You're yeah. not taller than me. <laughs> we're, we're the same height. I, was, I just said I'm six <laughs> even. I didn't say six one with hair no, or nothing. He hit his head once. He's like, fucking Brooklyn. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he blames the borough for the height of Yeah, Marco, Marco bumps his head every, every time he's here. Well, he's every a tall one, of course. But I'm saying, I mean, I remember coming from Queens, of course, proudly represented, by the way. Yeah. I always been told coming into Brooklyn, you know, duck, duck down, keep your head low, whatever. But now it's literally. Now, now we know why. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's an older structure. It's been built, you know, probably like late 18 something, 1890s, early 1900s. Yeah, 1902. So they, they, they weren't really, they weren't really building basements to live in. They were yeah. more for storage. So yeah, I mean, we're lucky to have that. Like, I mean, oh, a lot of people, and especially we can make noise, you know. That too. So we, yeah, a lot, of, a, a lot of bands got to pay for yeah. space. So. That too. Consistently, me, you know. We got the code for Afro down here, but I mean, listen, there's another side note I'd like to make too. You know, I said this last time, during the last time we got together as a collective, but you know, goddamn Marco, listen, you sound just like Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> From Bloodsport, <laughs> aka Frank Dukes, with the accent. I don't mean to put you down. I, I'm a fan. I'm a stan. If anything, if I was gay, I'd have to choose Jean Claude Van Damme as my man crush. But I'm a big, that's an icon, you know. Come I'm on. a big fan of him, man. And he say always, un plus un equal free. <laughs> Does that mean one, one plus, plus one, one equal free? There you go. I never understand why. But <laughs> 
that's your favorite like, like your catchphrase? <laughs> no, I used to like the actor back in the, the days when he was doing all of this fighting movie. It was it was it wasn't a bad actor. I mean, on his way, it was kind of funny, but I kind of well, enjoy that's it. like that's like saying Steven Seagal was Oscar worthy at any point in his life. Yeah. Which you know, look at his face alone. Come on. What's what, what's your favorite uh, Jean Claude movie? Just because I love the hate on it, and I'm guilty, I keep watching it. Is Street Fighter when he was Lieutenant oh Guy? Oh my God! <laughs> How do you pick up Bel- uh, uh, what's his name? A, a Belgian Damn. as Damn. as an American lieutenant. Yeah, and of all yeah, things, yeah, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, that was. You had Bruce Willis yeah. back then. He was popping. Was you had uh, so Harrison Ford. Wasn't that old yet? He could have mm-hmm. maybe played that. <laughs> I like Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah, you know. Cyborg was my favorite because yeah. he was he was different. It was after that after Cyborg, his roles like were all the same. I don't know. Yeah, oh, all yeah. the same person. Well, I mean, he had that accent. What's he gonna play? Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier. Yeah, yeah okay, Soldier. yeah, yeah. You got that those, too. Those are my top two, Jean Claude, and then and then Bloodsport. Even though Bloodsport was like the first yeah. one that blew him oh, up. Yeah, yeah. But well, there was um, Kickboxer too, but Kickboxer. that was before that. But then you know, Bloodsport's the one that stands Why out. Why did you say I look like him? Because of my accent? Or? You sound like no, him. You sound, like, sound, him. sound like him. Yeah. yeah, specifically in Bloodsport, you sound like Frank Dukes because he had to really put that on considering the Philippines. Oh, you know, put up your Dukes, Frank Dukes. <laughs> As the guy tells me. <laughs> Just watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch it. We'll send you a link. We'll send you a link. <laughs> Usually, I watch in French all of these movies. So, uh, all right. Now I'm gonna. It won't translate. Yeah. Yeah, but then you know what? Also, what's interesting about Seattle uh, specifically? Because I don't know if anyone else in the band as a collective, outside of Seattle, played in the beginning in a church setting. Is it just you or anyone else at all? Oh, Kelvin. What do you Kelvin. Kelvin, yeah. Kelvin played in the same church circuit that I did for many, many years. Okay, now you can probably speak to it because I know from the different churches that my mother tried to force me into when I was younger. You know, there was a Mormon, there was a, what do you call it in, uh, in Dominican? I don't want to be offensive, but Charismatico? Mm-hmm. Like yep. that, that's, what, that's what we were playing. There was the... the Iglesia Universal, uh, Universal Church that was on Telemundo every Sunday. Oh, that guy. <laughs> when they were just like ranting and raving and, you know, exorcism every Sunday at 11, too, if you need to, for like two hours. You tell me this, Cito, and everybody else can chip in, too. Do some churches, specifically Christians, do they not have some of the most tucked away, kind of well-hidden baddies as far as, like, this bitch got some tits on her, but they're in the name of Christ, so you can't really do nothing with them. That one over there in the back in the okay. choir got an ass on. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, can't do nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give you a, a proper answer to this question, right? Wow. And now, this is from uh, a guy. I don't know if you know him, but you probably, you probably seen him. This is from a gentleman. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but he used to sing in church. Right, uh, amazing singer. He was like a lead lead singer of a church band, and he actually wound up singing with Aventura for a while okay. as a backup singer. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he he sang with Romeo as a backup singer as well. And saw him from one time, you know, from years ago, whatever. Saw him, hadn't seen him in a while, and we were just reminiscing. And he was like. You know, I, I sang with Aventura, but I never got more pussy than when I was playing in church. 
<laughs> I mean, that's funny. Like, everybody think about church is like this, but there's so much drama at church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? So the, much the, story the thing with that is that the people that are like, um, I'm going to say heavily involved in the church, yeah. that like, like, like they're really like deep in, mm -hmm. a lot of them, that is their social structure. So it's like, it's like us in the band, we play music, but, but these guys, these are my social structure. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what they do. So it's like, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. There's going to be skeletons in closets and stories. Man, I got stories Freak for days, leaks. bro. <laughs> <laughs> stories for days. I know, I, know, I know a girl. Put your head in for the not, you know, not, not, yeah, not blowing anybody up, but I know of a girl. Uh, shout out to El Muelu because he knows what I'm talking about. Um, I know a girl that she worked in the rectory of a church. Like, you know, the, the, the <laughs> secretary there. Okay. They have access to everything. The rector? The rectory. The, the rectory. You know, okay. the, 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 where, the, where the priest lives and the, the priest church. offices and all that. <laughs> Not the rectum. No, she, that's in the... <laughs> she, she actually had sex on the priest's chair in the church. Oh, my God. Okay. And then and there was another case that she actually know. had sex with her boyfriend on the on the priest's bed. Like the priest was away for the weekend, and then she just went on his bed, and they, you know, so. Well, okay. <laughs> that happens. That happens everywhere. You know, and it's just because it's just for the thrill of it. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, people. Oh, yeah, I had sex on the priest's chair. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's like you say. There's so much. I go to church every Sunday with my wife. And, okay. But like, there are so many. There are so many drama and so many stories. Like you don't want to know sometimes yeah, what's going on. And, and that's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. thing too. But I, I guess at the core element, people kind of ruin the church in itself. The experience they kind of take it to the heart, or they obsess over that. that that's all that other stuff too. But I, I'm trying to think now. How do you even have sex in a priest's chair? Is it like? The velvety cushion ones? Is it the yeah, one that like goes on the, it? The, the big thing. The throne, no, I'm saying, what position do you hit her from with that? The, oh, you gotta lay her out. Down. You like, sit down and she's on top. And she crowns She's riding. She, yeah. Yeah, but then she got a grip onto the to the, to the armrest. He's like a reverse cowboy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like reverse her. cowboy. Or just, she just sits down and you just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys do what I do with that stuff? Do you grab her by the ankles when she's doing cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to secure her place. Just, I feel bad. Just, I feel bad just to like... Listen, I'm not. I'm not attesting to me, but they go kind of crazy. So then I kind of lock them in with the angles, so they don't like kind of lose their place or whatever. Damn. I don't, I don't just, do that. No. Okay. Oh, I don't. Me. I okay. don't grab ankles. I feel like sometimes they need they need room to move because you can't constrict them sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you gotta live them let free. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you got crazy if you grab I mean, well, you know, I'm just reassuring them. I'm here. I'm here for you. But that, that's also, I mean, a last bit of going into everything we've been doing here today. You know, thank you guys again so much for the time. I, I'm really grateful for it too as well. But um, Long overdue, by the way. Yeah, long overdue, of course. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Hopefully soon enough we'll get the whole band in itself. Yeah, get everybody's sure. story involved. But... um. Listen, you guys are growing in popularity. You're getting out there. The fame is, you know, abundant, I'm sure. You're making the rounds when things go back to normal, of course. Live shows, whatever else included. 
But how do you guys handle, if any, the situation of, like, overzealous fans? Have you had any yet? Anything of that sorts? Like, have you had to tell people to calm down as far as, like, going too hard at Afro Show? Is there such a thing? I mean, we we have had some certain instances of, like, maybe over-aggression. Sometimes people may get, you know, too drunk and they just want to, like, rehearse to, like, you know, being, like, problematic. But uh, I, for an overall, I want to say that like an like an Afro fan, like is a is a person who's 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 looking for music that hasn't been done before. Also, is looking for some a good time, cause like in uh, in the Spanish community per se, like like before when we were like growing up and we, when we were partying when we were younger, we're not that old, <laughs> so we just make it seem like we're super old right now. But we're like in our thirties. But like when we were in our like early like 19 to like 25 stage when we were just you know being complete thoughts like we were going to party we were drinking you know it wasn't just like necessarily just popping bottles but we were dancing like we were putting in the rounds you know what i'm saying but now like in this in the and i want to i don't want to just call out the spanish community like a lot of people don't like to go out to really have fun it's more to like to like do stuff for other people you know for other people's perspective so i feel like an afro fan really enjoys music and enjoys like a different idea of what music can be and what like a, a party can be with a band so like we're building a community at, not just like a listener and that's something that like Marco likes to say a lot like we really are building a community because our music it's it's, it's meant to be enjoyed in the in that factor um what was the question again my fault. I, I kind of just like collapsed. I was just talking oh, so highly about us. So it's like they know how to like uh, they know how to like uh, comportarse. They know how to they act their part, and they know that like if they're like acting a certain way, they're not just embarrassing themselves as a fan, but they're also embarrassing Afro Dominicano and embarrassing the our community. So I feel like for that reason, we haven't had too many like troubled events or like having people fight but we do have like continuous followers we do have like you know girls who like you know like hit us up and like let us know like oh like you know i'm feeling you and stuff like that um not too aggressive but like they're there you know what i'm saying like it must be nice it is you know sometimes it's complimentary yeah it's complimentary to what we do we try to like you know we try not to oh he's being shy like right I, I'm not being shy at all I'm just saying I'm just speaking the truth you know like they are people like girls who have approached us and like, have, like let us know how they feel about us but you know we try also to be very respectful uh, I'm gonna take it to I'm gonna be honest when you play in a, in a band and especially like what the crowd we have you gotta hit all the time you gotta hit all the time and the problem today is with social media and all of this bullshit. There's, of course, there's people that they come to the show, they're single and everything. So they try the show, they don't work. But after they try to get you on, on social. It's because you look different from everybody else. From, and you're tall. No, everyone on the band, we all have experience. It's like, it's like <laughs> some people in the band are single, some people in the band are not single. And that's a big problem, like social media. A shield. <laughs> Social media, especially social media, or or it's, it's hard, man. It's very hard when you have a partner. Where's the boundaries? Like, yeah. First, she come. Your partner come to the show. You, you we we sell music. We sell our. So you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You wanna have girls that like 
hey ba ba ba, they try to hit on you. You playing a little bit with that when you're a musician, but what is the limit? You know? Right, right. Your partner hit and your partner have to understand that too. Because hey, alright, you're my partner, but that lady she pays she, that's that's her moment. She have fun. So it, it's very hard. The problem is when it gets after that when people they take you, they message you. Mm-hmm. That's that's it's I think it's a the problem for every musician in a, in a, like musician in a relationship when you single you don't care you do whatever for you want you know but when you're a partner oh yeah it's a tough it's a tough moment and i think most of the especially for musicians most of the fight is because of that i mean so, i would use that as clout myself because i, I, I listen i cook i clean at home i gotta pick up after this bitch i, I love her by the way <laughs> but listen I, if i was you guys i'd use the dms as like hey listen I'm out there. Right now, I'm heavy. I don't even got to do much. I just got to go out there and say, hey, check one, two, boom. I mean, I, it, it's been, it's definitely been a cause of an argument here and there. <laughs> you know, you get an improper DM or whatever. Or, but for the most part, like, being married, I have to be respectful. Of course. Be of course. respectful of my wife. If I see anybody, I've never had, I can honestly say I haven't had an, a, a, a situation where it's like, okay, I got to get away from this right now. Like, you know, and, this, and, this, and, this oh, is bad. This is dangerous and, for and me right now. And it's hard because we have, we have uh, people that come every show same people all very Regulars, often right? yeah mm-hmm. so you can build a relationship with this person but like and this person like texting you where is the limit so you try to be nice mm-hmm. that you will respond to some message but also you don't want to give too much it's this tough man it's like <laughs> it's like find a good limit and, and like yo like we're going too far right now, so stop texting me, or you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like, not—it's not as bad a problem as I think we would like <laughs> for it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll get worse when it's, you know. Yeah, I'm it, sure it will. And actually, I do believe, um, of course, who put me onto the band in the first place? Ao Angel. He's got a couple questions himself to ask. Um, I do believe in manifesting. I do believe that when you surround yourself with the right people, that the things that you really want as far as your goals or your passions come that much faster or in the more appropriate time. So, looking into the future, if there was a place you could play, um, because right now with COVID, um, it's going to be a lot more restricting. It's going to be a lot tougher to travel. What's like your top of the list place that you would want to go to perform? I don't know if each of you. Uh, if do you, you want events specifically or just locations? No, I no more more like just countries. like the country or the city. Like okay. like what would be like the the. Well, I could tell you an event right off the hand. Uh, there's a huge event that you do every year, Viña del Mar in Chile. Mm-hmm. It's like a he, very huge Red event mind, in, Dominican, boy. in Dominican music. You already yeah, know, bro. So Viña like del Mar festival. is like that's like top, like it's a prestigious event, but it's like all. Only top acts get to play there. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, Honi Guerra, Prince Royce, like the big names. Big, yeah, big names. So, like for me, that would be like bucket list right there. Okay, okay. so Chile, I want to say Switzerland, just because La Suisse. We gotta get our like we gotta get our music out there. I feel like we're gonna just like culture shock the fuck out of them and be like, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say, um, I want to go to Mexico. I feel like we have we have a, a good a good Mexico slash Colombia. Yeah, I got we got a good following there. I mean, we got we got people who listen to us in places like fucking Hong Kong, and you know what I'm saying like places that like we never under like know who's playing our shit. Like, mm-hmm. are they Spanish? Are they like where are they from? Who are you? Like, you know, and like we have follow like we know, but definitely I definitely will say Switzerland, 
definitely Ch- Chile. And for the last place, just because, like, I share a really close, like, relationship to this country, I want to say I want to play in Italy. And I feel like that's, like, mm. in my top three. I like that. Mm. Yeah, Italy. for sure. I'm, sure. I'm like, I want to do, like, a... Glastonbury or something like that, you know? Say where? Glastonbury. Glastonbury. Not, Glastonbury. Not, not the main stage, but like one of the single mm-hmm, stage mm-hmm. for opening. Uh, it will be amazing. It was like one of my dreams when I was younger to play there. And okay. what I want to do is do something like that with that band. Did Did you get to play anywhere? So, because I know you played with the rock band yeah. um, before you came here. Did you get to play anywhere close to that? that arena that or that stage with that band uh not that big like Glastonbury because Glastonbury is like thousand thousand people mm-hmm. it's like one of the biggest festival you uh, in the world but I did I did big festival yeah like the most I think I did it was like maybe five thousand people we we was not a uh, the main band we were yeah. doing some opening and stuff like that so you have a short set you have to play 20 20 minutes uh, with half of the lights yeah. and and the sound is of course you playing so you're like lower 20 minutes and after you have the huge band coming and it's like and it's super loud so but yeah that's and Jap- like Japan something in Asia like oh, I mean ja- Japanese people are very amazing musicians mm-hmm. and, and they have they have like the most hard worker in music shout out to Akira right Guida <laughs> yeah. Japanese Guidero Japanese and and I think it's like kind of uh, Japanese uh, musician and, and, and people have like the respect of music mm-hmm. and they're like coming to see first for the interest even then they don't know so oh what is this and they will come and they're gonna come just not only having party but they're gonna come and study what's going on I will, I will love playing one day there you know but yeah That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember you posted a video, and it looked like it was like a huge crowd, like ten thousand people or something. Like you were posting stuff from that band. Oh, my band. Yeah, like you were in the newspaper, and then you put up a video of like you had a camera like above. Oh your head, yeah, yeah. And then you went into the crowd. It it looked like Madison, bro. Like that was like if that's the biggest crowd, like I can't even imagine like ten thousand people. Like that would. Oh, be I sick. don't know. I never did. I that sang. I sang in the so. choir. At uh, at Madison Square Garden for a church event. Oh, wow. shit. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That's crazy. That was crazy. It was, it was sold out. That just gives you a taste like that. Um, there was a, there was an event. It's easier, right? When you have a lot of people. On yeah, the- it is. It is. I went, I was in a, involved in a church band that we went to Milwaukee, and we played in. Um, I forgot the name of the theater, but it's like their equivalent of Radio City where they have all their big concerts. Okay. It was like 6,000 people there, man. It was crazy. It's like that energy is, is amazing. You, you, like beat stages, it's it's hard, man, because you follow by, with your musician. Like, yeah. you, it's big. Like, you're, you're on a big They're stage. You're farther away from them. Yeah, you're, far, yeah, you're far away, so you lose kind of this... Um, the intimacy and vibration of your musician and like yo nobody's around me you know and you only have your your speaker and your yeah. or, or your headphone like your, yeah. your so it's in, yeah that was definitely an, an, an experience to play like the next musician is like 10, 15 feet away from you. Yeah, that's, you, that's can't, like, you can't yell at them at that point. No, <laughs> no you're not yelling <laughs> at all. You're trying to pay attention to what you're doing. doing I, I don't like it because I, I love having 
the musician next to me is is so much is so much better. But you have the stage, you have the lights, all of the light show. The show yeah. It's another way to play. <laughs> It's more like I'm an actor now. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like, <laughs> I, I would say that's that's almost a, a level that we we're gonna take it to, mm-hmm. right? Like we've done our shows, we've done our regular shows, and, and we we we're playing as a band, but now we have to get to that level. Okay, now we gotta put on a freaking show. Mm-hmm. Now we gotta really like okay, let's step it up. Like I've been dying to get it's lights, work. get yeah, a light show going work, for yeah. for you know it's little little things here and there, but we'll we'll get there. We'll like get there. like you say, when you got a the point, it's not only you. There's like the entire technique mm-hmm. behind you. Yeah. You know, you have to have light. Like a sounds engineer, they they know how it works. A, a, a light engineer that mm-hmm. know your song. They say, yo, I'm gonna put this on this moment. It's a, it's not anymore the same thing as a show. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it 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 grows too. The team grows organically. Like you. You get a sound engineer, you get a light person, and then next thing you know, you're doing these crazy shows. Like, this happens. Yeah. But it's coming. I mean, like, this is what I love. We're going, like, with you, Angel. Like, we have you, Angel. We have a. Uh, Chiquito. Uh, Chiquito. We have. Um, Julian. Julian. Like, it's amazing to have this guy around because you, you build, like, a team. Like, yeah. Afro is not only uh, the musician, it's all the, this guy behind her. It's like the team who make the. Photos, video, logo. I just think it's great that even if you're a newcomer into the band as a fan, as as part of the street team, as part of social media, as part of whatever, you kind of feel the energy of what the band's trying to do. And as far as like sharing it with the world, I don't think it took more than two gigs for me to get it. And this was way back this was two years ago when mm-hmm. you know there were different people on the band when they were you, you guys were playing slower tempos when there was less improvisation or less soloing or everyone sorry was soloing and because <laughs> yeah, now it's like you know i feel like there are some song I, I like the idea of of everyone coming up with their own kind of portion to uh, portion to the next album but i mean when you talk about you know, a venue like The Bitter End in the city and playing something like that where it's like not a single person in the crowd knows about the band and all of them walk out being fans. Mm-hmm. And then very exact opposite, you got like, we did uh, Afro Latino, the, the festival in Philly. And oh, that was yeah. like the first taste of like a big crowd. Big crowd mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. they were rocking with it. It's like, yeah, you, you, you know yeah, what I mean? You bring up a good point with that. Philly, for me, Philly was definitely like a, a, like a game changing event. It was like, yeah. it's like, all right, we can really do this. I, really I pretty much like signed my soul on that day <laughs> <laughs> because it was huge. It's like we had Julian there. You know, Chiquito at the time wasn't there, but I'm sure he can attest to it himself as well. Like, seeing that big of a crowd being on that big of a stage playing the way you guys did and at the same time getting the experience of like Some that ambiance <laughs> <laughs> playing in the shout out to the sound guy yeah. no the sound guy was asking for asked for the sound for the the input list and they didn't even have it open on his hard drive thanks but, but was, that's that's amazing what you say because you're not a musician in the band. You're yeah. a musician on the side, but you're not a musician within this band. But like, you enjoy that much, like us. And yeah, it's what is beautiful because it's we. I love that because you don't feel like that much naked. You're like you have some guys with you. You have a team, and it's feels amazing. It feels, it feels nice. But like when we went to Miami, 
oh, and we yeah. played in in um what is it what's it called La La La, La Terrace. Okay. Okay. The sound engineer was a fan of the band. Yeah, that was half the job right there. Yeah, yeah. Like he he did his fucking thing. We I don't think we ever sounded better. Yeah, man, honestly, man, that guy just like fucking it. he did his job. But he was an actual fan of the band before we even got there. Like he's like, yo, I love your guys' music, and that just made his job a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and he already said, "Is like you guys come down to Florida, I'm your sound guy." Like, yeah, he, he also yeah, he's also he vintage. I mean, he he's done sound for like big big names, so. Like he he mentioned like a Gran Combo, like he mentioned Cela Cruz. He may, he mentioned that he does a Romeo sound when he when he plays in Miami. So it's like you know that was also a thing. Like we got a person like who's done sound for like Major people X. who we aspire aspire to be. Yeah, and he's like, you guys are the fucking shit. So we're like, okay, thanks. You know, shout out to all the other NYC musicians who like have have nothing but love for for the band, mm-hmm. like. They like, you know, I see people and they're like, yo, I love what you guys are fucking doing. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are amazing. Keep it up. You know what I mean? We're not technically we're not the best band of musicians, but what we're doing together as 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 one, you know, people are feeling it. And that, that 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 alone reassures me that we're on the right track. Yeah. In closing, because I feel like we covered everything yeah. as far as like, you know, where the band comes from, where you guys are aspiring to go, the businesses behind it. The energy behind it, the passion behind it, the messages behind it. For the new fans, for people who are now learning about Afro, what can we say to them about the band? Like, what is the overall goal for new people that are coming in that don't understand where we come from? What do we say to them? Like, that's a very good question. Um, like, so in my behalf, I want to say that what I would tell a new fan is the following: It's like. We're looking for someone who's gonna be part of the community. Yeah, man. So as well, not only as you're gonna accept us in your, you know, as yeah, you, I'm gonna listen to you guys. So we're gonna accept you, but you, we also have to be able to accept us. And at the end of it all, our music is not just meant to be understood. So maybe our fan is not a person who specifically speaks Spanish or speaks English. It's like you're listening to our music itself and enjoying that aspect. And, you know, lyrics to those who understand the lyrics that you're saying, but the music is for those who don't understand what I'm saying or what we're saying. So it's meant to be heard, not understood in that aspect. So that's what I would tell that new fan. Yeah, and, and he has a place with us. He maybe he, he needs help, help or whatever. He or she. He or she or whatever. <laughs> she's going to be she's gonna be more lucky, but... But yeah, if he or she need help, whatever, you're an immigrant and you need something and we can give a place, you want to, oh, you're, you do video stuff and you want to work with us, so we, we're very open, yeah. We're very like, accepting. It's, 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 we try to build a community yeah. of people that have background, like, or immigrant or they don't know where oh, you know, I'm Dominican, but you know, I like, I like this or... And you don't know where exactly you are, but you still want to be part of a group of, of, of something. And and we try to organize stuff that outside of music, too. We try to organize, like, go biking and, like, group of people, whatever. Uh, Afro fans say, yo, we organize that event, you guys come. Beside music, whatever. It's not only the band, but... And do activity on the side. It's gonna be for the, to 
2021. <laughs> I, I would say to a new fan that um, just listen to our music and you'll find something that'll 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 hit you. Mm. You know, like if you're looking for some super woke lyrics on on, on some political shit, yeah. you're gonna find it. Yeah. If you want some party dirty ass trash shit, you're gonna find it. <laughs> like there's 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 all we hit them from all different sides. Like there's no there's no one lane that that we stick to. You know, so I, I think for a new fan listening, you know, just feel the vibe. Let let the music tell you how you're gonna how you're gonna feel. Mm. You know what I mean? The lyrics might be one thing, and, and the music might be another thing, and it's just a combination of everything. And, and you never know what you, what you what you're gonna find. You never know. I'm gonna say, as a fan, everyone is welcome. No one is neglected. These guys put in blood, sweat, tears, time, and care into this music. Honestly, I hope that this grows to be one of the biggest fan bases, one of the biggest bands in the world, and I hope to capture it on camera. I hope to be able to share that content as well because um, it's different. It's different. It's definitely an evolutionary band. It's a revolutionary band. It's going against the grain. I love it. I love you guys. Uh, Marco Mento, Chao Bella Coffee, uh, Cito, Frito con Cito. I'm sorry. Nano, Afro Cave Studios, Spanish as well as accent. yeah, yeah, Spanish accent. You guys shout your stuff out. I'm Angel Ao. You can follow me at Ao Productions One. Who know for all your music production needs. I'm out. So, like my personal page is Spanish accent underscore underscore, but Afro underscore Dominicano is the main page for the whole band. And um, we got Afro Cave Studios, a private studio just for Afro Dominicano, but. In the future, we're going to have some, you know, a selective few of fans. We're going to give them the opportunity to come through a rehearsal and spend time with us. Because, like we said, we want to do things that's out of the norm. Cito Base at Instagram and Twitter. Frito con Cito on Instagram. Follow the movement. Let's go. Marco Manto, Pornham.com. <laughs> yes. The Italian, Wait, the Italian Stallion. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... Uh, can check uh, Ciao Bella Coffee on IG and all of this stuff um, social media will be there and let's not forget of course at Afro Dominicano on IG for the whole band as a collective itself everybody included all seven culprits doing their thing as a, a whole unison per se <laughs> again shout out to Jose shout out to Rafi shout out to Kelvin shout out to Frankie the Pain of course yeah everybody in the unison shout out to Angel you know doing his thing of course as the PR representative and the marketing for the band itself too Chiquito and Surreal Chiquito, Films Chiquito. actually yeah th Surreal throwing everybody Films. else right, I, I have no clue and a big applause to Jose right there <laughs> Josue Diaz. Josue is the Dominican uh, representative for the República Dominicana. For Dominican Republic. What is it? Afro Dominicano RD? Yes. Afro Dominicano RD is managed by Josue Diaz. He's our DR Connect, so let us know what's going on. So I guess um, he's the PR in the DR. Yes, right? sir. PR in the DR. <laughs> oh, doing his job, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, but thank you guys again. It's a collective Afro-Dominicano. It's got so many flavors and stylings and just seven chefs in the kitchen whipping it up real quick. Hard rock delivered to you. If you're in Brooklyn, you're in Queens. They're all collective, bringing it all together to the world, of course. It's not just being exclusive to the NYC, Connecticut, 
Pennsylvania tri-state area. Shout out to Funk Flex when he used to do the drops. You heard or whatever his thing and all that. It's to the world. It's the flavoring to your spice. It's the, I don't know if you guys are canceling Goya or Adobo or not, but you know. I never used it. My mother swore against Adobo. It's going to kill your kidneys. It gives you all kinds of cancers and whatnot too. Are you guys supportive of Goya or canceling it or just uh, not whatever? We support anything that's Afro Dominicano. <laughs> 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 we, make, exactly. we, make, we make our own ingredients. Yes. Exactly. 